from the first book of Samuel. All the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us like other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you. They have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Just as they, just as they have done to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so also they are doing to you. Now then, listen to their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel reported all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. Samuel said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots, to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the re people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. They said, No, but we are determined to have a king over us so that we also may be like other nations, and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. Word of the Lord.
Just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So that we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For the slight momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what we can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The word of the Lord. Satan, cast out Satan. 
by demonizing the good people on the other side of the aisle? Why would we have even created the political binary in the first place? Why would we make Christianity into a divided household by focusing so much on what we think other churches are doing wrong and so little on our common value of God's love? Why would we put up with a system wherein children are torn from their parents' arms? Millions of minorities are incarcerated. The people in our communities, on average, have more money in our bank accounts and more square footage in our homes than most of the world. The resources of our world are used mostly by people with light skin, and proliferation of fear seems to be the main agenda of a screen that we have surrounded ourselves with. All of this is divisive. Why do we do it? Here's my hunch, based on my read of Jesus' day. I think this mess all around us has something to do with the fact that we are more comfortable with division than we are with unity. And we are still addicted to the notion of human things and their influence. We limit ourselves to only having to really put ourselves out there for those who are most like us. Division is easier. And human kings, we like that they promise to do all the difficult and important things for us so we don't have to. And they help keep us comfortably divided. Even if they aren't corrupted by greed and narcissism, they can only have a certain number of priorities and a certain number of people, and so human power poured into any one person, by default, divides us into separate societies, even within societies. We are made weaker by this division, and in a weakened state, we are not strong enough to avoid the drift from our true nature as agents of God's grace. we can fight this division. Not necessarily by abolishing our established governments, but by letting God govern us as faithful individuals. We can fight division by seeing one another, really seeing one another, not as the other, from another nation or political leading or economic background or another religion, but as family. Jesus wasn't saying that his mother and his brothers were not his family. He was pointing out that he claims all of us as his family. When I see a father at the border, already vulnerable as he enters a foreign land, have his two-year-old taken out of his arms, and I think of them as my brother and my nephew, I will not stand for the kind of human leadership that has done that to my family. I will not. Seeing everyone as family fills our hearts with the kind of love that transforms this world out of the hands of human kings and into the hands of a God of radical love, a spirit of unbreakable unity, a Jesus who claims us as his beloved brothers and sisters. Now, I'm not saying that we need to abolish human leadership. We might just fall apart totally. Human leaders are often good and strong, focused on unity and justice. I would call that kind of leadership prophetic, not unlike the leadership that God came up with when he sent Eli and Samuel to lead the Israelites. But we must question the control we get to divisive, powerful leadership. Any kind of leadership that keeps us from the love of God and the unity of the human family. The good news today, remember we were looking for the good news? The good news is that we have it in us to give power over our hearts and our lives back into the hands of God unify this divided creation. Through every act of connection, every claiming of a sister or brother, every refusal to acquiesce to abuse of human powers, every resource offered to someone who doesn't have as much as we do, every inch of control, 
taken from the hands of the kings and given to our true leader, who is a God immeasurable.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we bless these scarves to be a sign of the love we have for the graduates of our parish. May these scarves be a blessing to those who wear them. May those who wear them have wisdom in heart and mind, success in every challenge they face, courage to seek life's purposes, belief in themselves to make it come true, strength to do their best and to endure, and the guiding light of faith to ensure that wherever they go, whatever they do, God's love will always be seen through them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
this fragile earth, our island home. From the primal elements, you brought forth the human race and left us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Again and again, you called us to return. You were prophets and sages. You revealed your righteous law. And in the fullness of time, you sent your only son, born of a woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and to peace. And therefore, we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending.